assume the song is over yes that was <laughs> steamroller by feeble little horse it was uh that's a juxtaposition of of band and song title there you go uh yeah the first lines are uh steamroller you fuck like you're eating your smiles <laughs> like lines in the concrete uh nice. and such these lines could be uh used to describe our special guest today, Mark. <laughs> I've never been introduced better than that, and I never will be again. Hey, everybody, this is, uh, uh, how should, I don't know, Mark is my friend. I already <laughs> said, I already said Mark, that's, I, everyone should yeah. know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's out Mark, there. Uh, it's Mark. Mark, uh, Mark knows a lot about uh, indie music and um, IT cutovers. So Mark, Mark uh, saw Zwan with us. Uh, that's in yes. uh, St. Louis yes. in 2002. So that's really all you need to know. That's my claim to fame. 21 years ago. Yeah. Yep. We also went to the zoo. We did go we to the did. zoo. We did. The zoo was cool. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Then what, we also all went to the Grand Canyon together. We yeah. did. And uh, various events have brought us together, but as far as the three, then there was most recently. Are, are we jumping right into this? I we, uh, yeah, you're <laughs> jumping. You're jumping ahead. Okay, that's all right. That, I don't. I don't give a shit. Um, yeah, we were all in the Grand Canyon together. That was. Uh, we were in a, a Susu Trooper. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, listening yep. to some of the classic albums of the late 2000s, the late aughts. Oh yeah, let's see. There was definitely Vampire Weekend. Yeah, there, there was, was Mad Villain. Yes. Yes. There Matt, was Dr. Dre. Uh, mad, mad villainy. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the avalanches, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, surely. There's no chance mm-hmm. we didn't do that. Um, and we had a lot of time to do it because the road apparently exploded on the freeway up to between Phoenix and the Grand Canyon. And we had like a five hour delay because of it. Yeah. I think we backtracked the entire state. To go a yes, we definitely yes we took a it, it was at least twice as far and involved backtracking. It was awesome. Maybe Rock not quite ruled. Anyway, yeah. Except when so we Mark's a good guy. when we skipped the Jack in the Box and ended up at the McDonald's, we lost that wager. Yeah, single worst decision. Um, the the McDonald's by the Grand Canyon. If you were ever there in two thousand eight, it sucks. Yep. Uh, Don't go there then. One thing I recall from that trip is Mark. Mark and I, I don't know, Paul, I'm not sure where you were, but Mark and I were in the bar at the Grand Canyon that has, you know, they have mm. a bar for some reason. Um, yeah, there was, I remember we had to drive a ways to get to it. Yeah. yeah and and uh, Mark ordered me a triple Cape Cod. <laughs> sure, the guy definitely made it a quadruple. So it was just yeah. vodka with a splash of cranberry juice. That's fantastic. It, it was a great drink for the storm that was rolling in. It was. <laughs> I have to say, uh, still to this day, uh, going out to a bar with Mark is a good way to get too many drinks ordered for you. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> you have the nicest bourbons of any, any man I know. <laughs> that's, that's true. Truly fine bourbons. Oh, uh, too kind. Which is the subject of this episode, a deep dive into Mark's bourbon cabinet. No. Mark, what do you know more about bourbon or coffee? Coffee, by, by a large margin. 
I mean, you have to like participate in the production of the coffee, whereas the bourbon, you pretty much just you know pour it in the right kind of glass and you're good. Yeah. So also, I never get to like know. too jittery to to know what I'm tasting, so I don't mm. have any wasted uh, coffee tasting experiences. <laughs> ah. right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta put the bourbon in some sort of container or cabinet that you can't that would be too difficult for you to open when drunk like just something that would get you frustrated and you would stop doing it so that you can just drink you know shitty stuff when you're already drunk hmm. if you had that's a, my idea if you had a robot bartender that would take care of that <laughs> a robot bartender <clears throat> with like a gun to keep you in check <laughs> just no it would just it would just you know go and you would be like no sir we're gonna drink the shit now and you'd be like good idea robot <laughs> And then when it turned around, you just bash it. <laughs> Fuck this robot keeping me from the good stuff. <laughs> Fucking traitor. <laughs> I trust you, robot. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm hungover today because I drank too much last night. So there you go. Uh, it's maybe not great when two brothers uh, both break up with their girlfriends at the same time and they're living together. That sounds awesome to me. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I mean, yeah. we did go to some clubs uh, and I saw a girl who looks exactly like Lana Del Rey. There you go. And uh, as she was dancing, I asked her, uh, do people ever tell you you look exactly like Lana Del Rey? And she said, yeah, all the time. So <laughs> You're like, fuck me. <laughs> I hope it actually was Lana Del Rey. Uh if so, like uh she's hit the perfect exact thickness she's been aiming for cuz uh it's really nice. Congratulations random Tucson girl. <laughs> what does Lana Del Rey look like? Is she kind of Eastern European? I mean, I know I know what she how would you describe her? I feel like it's like Eastern European a little bit. <sighs> hmm. I don't know. She's like I mean, it depends on which era you're talking about, since she's fluctuated in uh, weight, not to judge. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know. She's got she's got luscious lips. I could say that as one distinguishing fe- feature. Hmm. And her eyes have a certain shape, but I don't know how to describe it. Google says she's uh, Scottish, so. Yeah, we're claiming that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Delray, classic Scottish surname. Anyway, uh, I I saw the best uh, the best artist name that I've ever encountered. I think today. Yes, uh, it's a a Japanese um, ambient musician and sound artist, and his name is Fujita. And the the Jita is because where you would. The in the word like if you imagine F U J I T A, in uh-huh. place of the I are ten bar characters, just vertical <laughs> bars. <laughs> That's very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's lucky. He's Japanese. <laughs> Fujita. Okay, with just the pipes. What's that? Uh, that's what we call them. Uh, the character. Board. Yes. We call those pipes, I think. <laughs> yeah. Discord won't even let me cut and paste it. It starts formatting. Yeah, I just, <laughs> it thinks that you're trying to spoiler the letters of his name. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, uh, yeah. Maybe that's the joke. It's like Japanese censored porn. Never mind. It's a stretch. Never mind. Uh, you know, I I get it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> anyway, should we play the credits sequence at some point? Uh, the um, the credit sequence. You mean the theme song? <laughs> the theme song. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The credits. Um, I had a movie. so I let me let me do a little a little. Uh, I have a preview bit here or a teaser bit. All right. Um, some commentary. Uh, some commentary that we will provide. Um, did you? Did either of you hear about the controversy uh, surrounding uh, Jan Wenner, or I don't know if it's Jan Wenner, Jan Wenner? Uh, Rolling oh wait, no, I forgot to look this up. That's fine. That's fine. I'll read it to you. Rolling Stone founder okay. 
Mark, did you hear about this? I I did look it up ahead of time. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's um, let's wow Paul. Um, <laughs> You're never gonna so, believe well, what a white guy did. Um. <laughs> uh. Jan Wenner uh, had a new book out. Has a new book uh-huh. out uh, called The Masters. And classic white guy behavior, uh, interviews with artists, um, like rock artists, just, you know, talk about the, the history of rock and the artists are, uh, Bono, Dylan, uh, Jerry Garcia from the grave, I guess, uh, <laughs> Mick Jagger, John Lennon, also from the grade grave, Bruce Springsteen and Pete Townshend. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, all white dudes. Um, uh, and he was, in a New York Times story, he uh, was asked about this, uh, why there were no women or black people. And he said, insofar as the women, I mean, there were just none of them were as articulate enough on this intellectual level. <laughs> he, he also said some black muse- musicians, quote, didn't articulate at that level. <laughs> uh, and now uh, he's been uh, dismissed from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which he uh, previously bragged. Oh, wow brag that he he controlled basically <laughs> wow how old is 77 okay he may have just reached the age where you lose the ability to <laughs> say intelligent things so what uh, i didn't know about the book was he uh was he just drawing on interviews he did when he was writing or were these like people he sought out for the book well obviously the i, the I guess ones are yeah, I don't I don't know. I didn't like uh I didn't go Oh no, it's yeah, interviews that he conducted during his time at Rolling Stone and a new okay. interview with Bruce Springsteen. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh just say these were my favorite artists. Try that one next time. <laughs> yeah, these just who are like, eh, I'm a white guy. It's the way it worked out, <laughs> yeah. you know. These were the interviews I had. <laughs> just just to yeah. double down just to be like oh no no one that you described could could hold court with me <laughs> what he should say is like oh i have i'm saving that i have a great book on of those of those coming out i thought mm-hmm. they deserve their own book and then never release that book <laughs> I'm, I'm just still working on it i got distracted <laughs> That works too. The interviews with the women were too good. I couldn't, I couldn't focus. (laughs) Oh man. Um, I mean, it's completely unshocking, obviously that, uh, the guy who did Rolling Stone is like an unreconstructed chauvinist. Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. He looks different from how I expected. I don't think I'd ever seen a picture of Jan Winter. It's uh, it's handsome actually was in his day he's a little more like western western u.s looking uh, rugged yeah than i expected yeah yeah i i pictured a a sort of uh tall vampiric thin german uh which doesn't seem like we get is he he's not even german he just has a german name i, I, I was like... assumed he was actually german <laughs> I feel like that was already like the argument about Rolling Stone back in the seventies. Was it? It just covered white people. I like how he just yeah, came out. Yeah, I mean, and, like and Motown was around. Game. Yeah, you're <laughs> just like, oh, <laughs> well, we didn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, he just, um, you know, had to didn't want to change his mind about which stuff he liked, which is fine. I mean, I I don't really get completely ignoring black people music. That would be pretty hard to do, but. Uh, you know, just say that's what you like. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. All right. Uh, yeah, that's I, 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 I uh, anticipated this being a little more controversial, but uh, it doesn't. No, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. There's not much to say in defense of saying. I mean, like, okay, if here's here, can I mount a defense of Jan Winner? Yes, um, there we go. Is it, is it Jan or is it Jan? Because uh, he's gonna, American. We're, we're never going to find out. I've, I, um, yeah, I have a, a I, I have, there's a person I know who, oh, who's is, more in the Jan. 
Yeah. Okay, it's Jan according to Wikipedia. All right. There you um, go. All right. So, um, yeah, it's really hard to defend. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, the correct answer is like, those are the interviews I had. You could then say... I didn't happen to get any good interviews because I'm a bad interviewer or not well a broad enough interviewer with the with you know people of other genders and colors. But um, uh, since I didn't, this is what I got. Sorry, I, somebody else should interview them who would be better at it and release a book of that. That would know, be a good I would one. Read it. That yeah. that <laughs> I mean, he, if he had said that, that would have been a yeah. good thing to say. That yeah, that's a, like yeah. a reasonable explanation at least you know yeah yeah the the i can't bring their lived experience to to uh to the page as i could someone who is exactly like me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah or it just didn't happen to you know it was yeah. a different time and the, the um, actually the great the last thing i'll say the great thing is now i, I pulled up the interview and he really he the, the interview is like the interviewer literally says, I'll let you rephrase that. And Jan Wenner just completely, he just crashes the plane again. He's like, Joni Mitchell was not a philosopher of rock and roll. She didn't, in my mind, meet that test. Okay. And then a black well, artist, he's like, maybe Marvin Gaye or Curtis Mayfield. I mean, they just didn't articulate at that level. <laughs> um, you know, that's the kind of thing where if you're going to say that, you like... <laughs> how could how could it be the case that there are no good interviews with those people? Yeah, uh, maybe not right. by you, but there have to be some good yes. ones. I, I feel like there must be some incredible, Mitchell, incredible. Joni Mitchell has, yeah, yeah, Marvin Gaye interviews, <laughs> yeah, or somebody black like <laughs> Prince. Great yeah. interviews. There you go. Yeah, no, that's just uh, that's just. That's just being almost 80 and deciding, fuck it, I'm just going to say what I think. <laughs> and I don't care if I really thought this through. It's probably what that is. Yeah. I mean, it's weird he said it in an interview and didn't post it on Facebook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. Well done. We should, uh, uh, soon enough. You can drop the credits on that one. Yeah. The, the, there you the, go. Thank you. Yes. The credits <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Theme song. Yes, yes, and you don't stop. Cool ID, best rapper, you don't stop. Another fucking hundred fucking dollar for the stop for you and your mind. Come on. Yeah, you can never define anything but divine love. I'm a savage beast. <laughs> Slightly above average, at least not. Preference is relative. My reference is consistently. Uh, bring you to another vicinity. I hit you with the riddles consistently. Dead in the middle, a little triply, little did we know that we triggered a fissure in the metaphysical imagery, elegant painted in oil. Love is a flower, see how dissolving the power is dissolving the hours as well. The tower, a bell at the top of it, a hawk, a pigeon, a dove, a vision of love, an eagle, a falcon, even. Uh, and welcome to Savage Beast. Uh, I'm Joe Gallagher, uh, and with me, uh, still in the Hirshhorn, it's Paul and Mark. never getting out of there i melted into the wall and then was kicked out by security and thrown into a dungeon somewhere in dc under the washington monument i am convinced that on my deathbed i'll just wake up and i'll be on a bench in front of the in front of one of the exhibits (laughs) with a an acai bowl oh man yeah that acai bowl remember how that saved you mark yes that was probably top five acai bowls of my life. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I recommend not wandering around the National Mall in the middle of the <laughs> afternoon when it's 100 degrees. It sucks. Um, no other no other activities contributed to this behavior. Yeah. A little no. bit of heat stroke nope. on both of our accounts. <laughs> uh, great museums they have there, though. I did go to the National Gallery of Art East Building the next day. And uh, uh, I've now been to... Uh, a few modern art museums across the country in the span of the last few months. I went to the L.A. County Museum of Art in June, and I went to the Hirshhorn and the National Gallery of Art East Building in uh, September, and then a week or two ago, I went to the MoMA in New York. And so that's a good run. Very, yeah, I feel very yeah. modern arted up. Um, and uh, I got to say the uh, 
I'm going to give the worst review to the 1970 to present floor of the MoMA. I was not actually very impressed with it. Um, yeah. However, you go up to, to the 1940 to 1970 and it rocks again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That is, uh, that's true. They're not, their newest stuff isn't, isn't always great unless it's a new exhibit exhibit. Mm. But they've got the starry night. So, you know, Oh, I didn't see that. I had limited oh, time man. and I didn't get to that. That's yeah. too bad. Oh man. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I would say if you're into if you want to know uh, if you want to learn about how 20th century art played out, uh, the National Gallery of Art East Building is a really great like primer. Like it's just laid out in where you go in order from like the first abstract images through uh, everything going nuts by the middle of the 20th century, and they the you know wall plaques explain it uh, in a very cogent and uh, satisfying brief manner, um, nice. just to give you you know rails for it and uh so serves a great purpose for the for as an introduction there I'm gonna too need, i'm gonna need at least three or four rails for this <laughs> um especially if i bring my four-year-old and six-year-old there um yeah. no that's cool. yeah i don't know if they'll get it or maybe children get modern art the best i don't know free for the free museums of dc yeah. love that actually mm. The, the the National Museum of the uh, American Indian, which maybe mm-hmm, changed yeah. the name, just a note. Uh, they have an awesome uh, art exhibit on the on the top floor right now. Yeah. yeah. From what I remember, uh, it might be terrible, but I was super into it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So Mark and I were, were doing this wandering around the National Mall because we were in D.C. to see Joe. And... Uh, some bands. Oh yeah. Um yeah. Joe, you're the biggest you're the biggest Death Cab fan here, so maybe you should set the scene. Uh yeah. Um we uh went to um uh for the, in the le- probably the least convenient place possible for two out of three of us. Uh we saw the uh combo 20th anniversary show of uh Death Cab's Transatlanticism and uh the Postal Service's uh, Give Up which both came out in uh, ancient times of 2003. And, yeah. uh, uh, of course, both bands fronted by uh, Ben Ben Gibbard, uh, Zoe Deschanel's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that is who he is. Um, yeah. Um, I realize I have, I, it just now occurred to me, I have very strong sense memories associated with the Postal Service mem- uh, music. Of li- being in the apartment I lived in my senior year of college, um, which was oh three to oh four, mm-hmm. um, and just yeah, that's it means th- this means something only to me. But it's one of those things where yeah, there's music and there's like a specific point of view you can remember having as you listen to it. Like I remember looking at the fucking MP3 titles on my screen in that room. Um, that's funny because I'm- I had. I'm yeah, I'm pretty much it, I'm sure I'm pretty much exactly the same way. That's one of the these albums, like a few albums that bring me to my my single senior year in the uh, in the dorms, mm. like sitting there listening to that album and, and on Winamp. Uh, that's just yes. where I picture listening to it. But you were actually in D.C. at the time. I was making the yeah. the uh, the playing Sleeping of the first alone song. With the district. That's true. <laughs> um, psh- not me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I didn't sleep at all. There you go. Perfect. Um, yeah. Then that was a that was a cool moment at this show. Uh, we can we can get to the whole thing, but I I, uh, I thought the probably the highlight of it was the first song of the Postal Service set, which was "The District Sleeps Alone Tonight," and the uh, the crowd was into it, uh, including me. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's very good. I, th- I think the postal service closing was the was the choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In retrospect, at the time, uh, this was that was one thing. So I mean, I guess let's start at the beginning though. Mm-hmm. Um, good venue, uh, the Metro. Is that what it was called? The, the Anthem. The Anthem. I don't know why I said the Metro. Um, the Anthem. It's in a new development in D.C. That's very, uh, very gentrified. Uh, it's like gentrification on max it's a tiny it's like a tiny chunk of of vegas almost like in in its retail and restaurant offerings 
Yeah, if you cut out the casinos, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just the, yeah, just the, right. Yeah, the little the shopping mall like between two of the casinos. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're yachts. Mark and I saw a truly like world renowned yacht docked there as we were staying there that week. Um, how long was it, Mark? A uh, hundred and was it a hundred and fifty feet? Two hundred. 10 feet it 180 was, it was very long well over 100 feet yeah um, a ridiculous size and it's, it was so conspicuous that like we looked we figured out the name once we could see it in the daylight and uh looked it up and there were like stories and stories about it on the internet um uh truly truly an impressive thing owned by some tech billionaire guy who sold a shitty company for way too much money and now just travels the world with his family in this yacht which is a good way to do that if you're going to do being a shitty tech bro, um, I think. Did either of you see Triangle of Sadness? I have not no, seen, I it. seen it yet. It's great, great, uh, great. Um, well, I guess luxury cruise mega yacht movie. Okay, yeah, we should watch that in honor of that yacht, mm-hmm. the Constance. Look yeah. it up. Um. Anyway, uh, so uh, cool venue there though. Um you know, built to purpose in very recent times, but they did a pretty good job with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, opening was uh, Lauren Mayberry. Uh, that's her name, right? Yes. Of Churches. Disappointing who, a lot how, of people who thought it was just Churches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a big Churches fan. I forget. Joe, you're a Churches fan. We surely discussed that. Uh, sure, yeah. I don't know if okay. I'd say big, but I, I, have, I harbor only positive feelings about them. Okay, Mark. How how what is your level of church's fandom? I'm I'm a pretty big fan. I, I got in on the bones of of what you believe, and uh, yeah, I think yeah. I have most of their vinyls. So yeah, those first two albums are quite good. Yeah, is how I would say it, and not bad after that either. Um, but yeah, she's fun because um, uh, her her she was doing her own solo stuff, but I uh. Uh, those songs were, were were good. I have to say, the highlight was her playing "Like a Prayer," uh, which was a pretty awesome performance. I thought, personally. real good, but real it's also good. just a really good song. Mm-hmm. She's got a good voice for that one, for sure. Yeah, true. And then, yeah, uh, I didn't occur to me that there were there was a need for female accompaniment in much of the songs to come. But then, it was useful to have her around for that. Uh, later on, particularly during the postal service, where there's a straight up duet by. Do you think what, that, what's her name? Do you think, Jen. Yeah, right. Yes. Wait, I thought you were saying that the girl from School of Seven Bells. I mean, not sorry, School of Seven Bells, which is another good band I've been listening to recently. From um, churches was like, are you appearing later in the show? Yeah, yeah. Which she was not. Wait, what? Yeah, no, the Postal Service, like, it was Jenny Lewis on stage with them. Yeah. Like, who's in on the, on the album and in the band. What? Yeah, that's Jenny Lewis. <laughs> Jenny Lewis, famously had... the other part, the, the, the female part of Postal Service. Jenny yeah. Lewis what? was not in the Postal Service. Yeah, she's on I mean, the she's album. She's on, like, half the her. songs. That's every, every female voice on the album is her, or, like, lead female. I probably knew that at one point, but <laughs> I definitely did not think of her as being part of the Postal Service and definitely did not expect to see anybody but necessarily, uh, I, this is a, I, and again, I'm admitting that I'm an idiot here, uh, Gibbard and uh, Tamborello as members of the Postal Service who would be there. And I just assumed from the distance we were at, which I was pretty far back for this, <laughs> that that was just Lauren Mayberry in a different outfit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <clears throat> I mean, it would make sure they were all they were all in white for that part of the set. So it would make sense that she would change. Um, Yes. uh, Wow. But yeah, no. Yeah, that's uh, I was that wrong. I do do sometimes. I mean, sometimes like, oh, yeah, Jenny Lewis is in like we're in the band, too. Like I do. You know, obviously she's kind of like the third wheel in this particular case. But uh, yeah, no, I what I did not did not occur to me that that was Jenny Lewis at any point. (laughs) Uh, That's great. Okay. Well, that derailed the the description. Somebody described seeing 
Death Cab, Joe, you're, how did you feel about seeing transatlanticism live 20, minutes, 20 years later? Uh, it's great. I mean, that's, um, uh, you know, um, I, I am probably uh, the a biggest fan of Death Cab's first three albums, and that's the fourth. But I also, uh, I really like some of the songs on that album. And uh, as a whole, uh, it's just uh, such a fun... Uh, fun's not even the right word. It's just such a, um, I would say, sporty and relatable lyrics and song and pop songwriting. Um, yeah, it. Uh, uh, lots of songs that feel like they're kind of written about one's own pretty normal life, and uh, um, with you know Ben Gibbard, what he does. Which Paul, I think you previously described that it's just like sort of his, uh, he's got a great voice and he just, I don't know, he brings certain unique character to these types of songs. He's, he's indie Pacific Northwest indie Morrissey is my view. Um, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That. And yeah, which is great. Morrissey rocks, uh, uh musically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and at hair, he's got great hair. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean just that sort of melodic sensibility they both have. It seems very. And then uh, one of my favorite Death Cab tracks is actually their cover of "This Charming Man," which when you oh, hear yeah. him sing it, you're like, "Oh, yeah, that's what he's doing." Such a good song, such a good cover. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, I really love that, and the original is a great song too. Um. Yeah, Mark, any thoughts on transatlanticism and Death Cab in the show? Uh. I, th- I think I might have uh, thought a few of the songs on Transatlanticism were uh, uh, were actually songs on We Have the Facts and We're Voting Yes. So I was very disappointed mm-hmm. to not hear a few of those. Um, <laughs> ah, you're like, okay, yeah. the, the next one is is no. Yeah, I was like, Bill. 405 is next, right? And but no, it never <laughs> it never came. <laughs> No, transatlanticism. I have to agree with Joe. Is sort of where they started to fall off a little bit. Um, it's not even, but they were it, still very. Yeah, go ahead. I would say the next one plans is where I'd say fall off. I would just say this mm. one is the one I like the least of their four classic good albums. albums. Yeah, yep, yeah. I mean, so my thought on it is like it, it's a good album, and it's got a, several songs that are sort of like cl- uh, the previous Death Cab or the get Death Cab up to that point, and those are the best ones. Mm. Um, but like the opening track, like this is the new year, is sort of going for like a stadium rock thing that I don't think really suits Death Cab all that much. And um, although it was fun to see live, yeah, it's it's all like uh, I don't know. There's like a bit of they have this odd sense of humor about themselves, and I I get the joke with some of those songs, uh, but mm-hmm. that's not you know, it's yeah. It's not the. I mean, you know, the we have the facts is is goaded, as they say, like tracks one through ten. All, yeah. all awesome. Uh, but great show. Uh, you know, uh, it's fun to see the band minus Chris Walla. Um, new guitarist, very cute, as I noted to Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very handsome guy. Too handsome for the band, really. There you go. Um, yeah. Out, but, a bit uh, out of place. Good show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, then the, then, yeah. So the, then the interesting thing was when the, when Death Cab came out first, we all said like, whoa, we all thought the Postal Service was going to be first. And then, uh, in the intermission between Postal Service or between Death Cab and Postal Service, uh, I talked to several people because I went out for a smoke break and it was a hundred percent agreement that everybody was surprised that it was, uh, Death Cab first instead of Postal Service. But then the Postal Service show happened. And I think everybody agreed it made sense that way, as Mark or somebody was saying earlier in this. As Mark predicted. Yeah. Mm. It, you predicted that, Mark? Yeah. No. It, they're the dancier, like higher energy set. Like, of course, that would come come last. Yeah. Correct. You're fair. I was just thinking in terms of the the long term status of the acts, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, then for the encore. Uh, Mark turned to my wife, Alex, and I and said, this is the best day of my life. Uh, I think because it was capping <laughs> off a very good day. Uh, yeah, you'd spent a lot of time in the Native American Museum. Yeah. Really yeah. Drinking so, it in. 
Yeah. Uh, well, also, like, they had just launched into a cover of Enjoy the Silence, one of my right, favorite was, New Order yeah. songs. Thanks. Which I could not remember the name of for the life of me at the time. Uh, yeah, that's how I am. Yeah. New Order. That's another good touchstone for this oh. for that act. It's actually yeah, Depeche Mode, that, though. That. Oh, <laughs> okay. You did that to me. I'm blaming you. Yeah, I, I was. Well, wait. Yeah, you were. You. I was like, wait. What? Yeah. It didn't sound right as yeah. I was saying it. Yeah, it was Depeche Mode. But also, that's an. That's honestly, I was thinking of Depeche Mode when I said New Order just now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just because I knew what they said it was. <laughs> In fairness, I think I was three when that song came out, so. Yeah. If if that. Yeah. Uh, I I gotta say overall this uh this format uh which, uh, I appreciate the un- unique convenience of uh. Convergence even of these two bands being fronted by one dude and the albums coming out in the same year, uh, but having uh, hearing two uh, classic albums from my college days was uh, a great format for a show. Yeah, really fun. Yeah, there wasn't too much of a the twenty year anniversary. I think is good because um, if you were listening to it in high school or college, like you're still in your prime, uh, yeah. both as the band and as a as a music concert attendee. Um, it's not like the 40th year anniversary is going to be a little bit rougher all around. <laughs> um, so 20 years is, is a good time to do a retrospective concert. And yeah, Ben Gibbard, you gotta, you gotta give him props. Like the guy dropped two classic ass indie albums in the same year. Uh, so take a victory lap. He w- yeah, that uh, I've read an interview with him, uh, where he said this, that's actually his favorite, uh, his favorite death cab album. Uh, and he, um, or the one he ranks at the top. Um, and he, uh, he was just talking about that year when he was like, he was like, yeah, the first half of every week I'd be writing songs for this death cab album. Then I'd go write a postal service song. And he's like, it was like the best artistic time of my life. It was, was, he's like, I was really on fire. (laughs) Yeah, he was. I mean, the tunes on the postal service album just kill Mm -hmm. like whatever you want to say about transatlanticism, uh, in comparison to other death cab albums, the postal service, melodies are like just eternal can't get away from them yeah and we should say a word also for the production which is uh i was saying to mark during the show um nothing else really has there's been you know an explosion of electronic bleeps and bloops in music since then in the two decades since it was you know not even that new then but um uh it's like all that music is now and nothing still nobody has still like recreated the dental postal service sensibility to me in the electronic music sphere like no other mm-hmm. no one else's beats feel like his yeah. uh agree or disagree fireflies by al city is a pretty uh <laughs> blatant ripoff but yeah it doesn't hit mm-hmm. emotionally the same but yeah yeah well but that's a good point though like you know pale imitations are what i'm talking about like it feels like there should have been more of those but that's a good point there are some yeah probably maybe maybe uh you know didn't tell jimmy tamborello jimber jimmy tamborello that's yeah yes yeah part of his genius is that he makes very like uh pop production uh, have this depth like i think it's and I think yeah. that makes it harder to copy. He's not like, um, it's just, it, this this music should not hit as hard as it does. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, why is his, why are his peppy pop beats so much more soulful? Yeah. <laughs> and why has that not become a thing for other people? I mean, you know, in that particular way anyway. Um, yeah, it's very good. Very very good. Helps to have Ben Gibbard singing over them. That help, you know, if you're trying to get a little a little weirder. No, and I mean darker. that's why it's you know the best album Jimmy Timberello has ever put out in my view, and yeah, honestly, about as good as anything else Ben Gibbard has done. Yep. Um, uh, like I found myself, I hadn't, I honestly haven't listened to. It's been a while since I really had the Postal Service on heavy rotation, but during the show, I kept being like, God, it's all bangers. This whole <laughs> album. Yeah. 
it it really is. It's there's there's no there's no point of that album to just like oh man this is a throwaway song. I guess if you're mailing your stuff back and forth, you gotta you gotta make it worth it. Yeah. Ah, uh, good good times. Thanks for coming to DC. An album. Let's let's let uh, in a, as a final thought on that. Um, this album is, uh, I think the the greatest contribution of the uh, digital audio tape to the world. Um, agree or disagree? Um, insofar as that is the format through which they transmitted the backing tracks and the vocal tracks and everything um, for creating it. Uh, Mar- Joe has opinions because it's a pro- I don't know. I guess probably yeah. probably a lot of good <laughs> things have been recorded on, on debt, if you will. Like, I don't. Uh, I, hmm. so I, well, I, I mean, but this is also I'm essential to the DAT was essential to this album since they were mailing it, you know? Yeah. Anyway, certainly one of the high watermarks of the DAT yeah. format. Let's see yes. I, I think I don't know enough about production history to, to make an informed comment <laughs> on that. Well, I think the DAT must have had a very, very brief window of being the format of choice for this. Because, like, a couple of years later, you're going to do this on USB sticks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? and mm-hmm. DAT, like... I think even then was known that it was like it just dissolves into useless uh, garbage. But I, the, you know, the main problem is the, with saying that's the best. I mean, all, all my probably all my favorite Pumpkins bootlegs are recorded on DAT, and they wouldn't have sound better yeah, on anything else. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that I mean, the, but that's that's actually kind of the comparison I had in mind. Is like it's yeah. a very apples to oranges thing, but yeah, the DAT. This this is what we need to do, Joe. We need to have a future oranges. episode where we. We go deep on the history of the DAT and its yeah. contributions to music. You know, I, I've always felt that, would... that I, I lost out on, on something important when uh, when your Zwan bootleg didn't uh, didn't take. One of them. On the no, dat. wait. I thought one of them. I think one of them did work and one of them didn't, or something like that. I remember the second night you it stopped working or something, and you knew it, and that so you just started dancing harder. Or yes, something like that. yes, that's true. Um, but we, uh, there are recordings, like I have recordings of both those shows from other better tapers. Mm. If you want them, Mark can get those. Oh, to yeah. You. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause there were like 30 people in those shows. It is. It is somebody else there taping it. That no, that was the, that was like the height of the, and we all waited outside together. Yes. Yeah. Like the there were, it was right. It was that window funny. where everyone had high speed internet for the first time. So it's like let's trade these. Yep, yep. That's that's pretty much it. Uh, but like the park, have you ever gotten in deep into any bootlegs? Uh, I had a bunch of bootlegs, but uh, um, no. <laughs> Do you had? Did you bootlegs that you traded for, or bootlegs that you bought at like the kind you used to be able to buy an indie record store? Uh, I would trade for them in uh, okay. the same the same format that I would download uh, uh, Dreamcast games. You know, I, I forget <laughs> yeah. I forget all the uh, chat rooms that that used to be my haunts. The IRC, yeah, DC plus plus hubs. Those were yes, those were big. Yeah, Usenet groups. Yeah. Those were the days. (laughs) Uh, The video I used to use those mostly for uh, if I wanted a AAA video game, and I just like absolutely did not have the option of spending fifty or sixty dollars on a fucking Morrowind or something. Um, Back like it was to the Wares channels. It was so sweet when you could like you could it would take like two days to figure it out, but you could get like uh, just the entire Adobe Creative Suite, and it would come with this like incredibly sophisticated way of like tricking the authentication server. Oh yeah. Like oh yeah. Key gens. Yeah. Key gens. It's been a while since I did a key gen. Yeah. Um, Offline. None of them gen. work anymore yeah. because of, yeah. you know, no. they, got, they, they figured out now it's just the, the actual software is in the cloud. So it's like, Oh know. man. And then just like going into the pirate bay. This is like matching up years of piracy together, <laughs> but going into the forum pages on the pirate bay, being like, you know, just scrolling through the comments, trying to figure out where people said how to generate a key or what the right password is and yes. stuff like that. And yes. Often they had it in there. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, ah, thievery. Good time. The best. So good. 
Uh, Mark, you saw. Mark a- is an IT professional. How do you feel about this behavior? Is this just like Virus City to your mind? Uh, now, because nothing's real out there now. But back in the day, oh man, <laughs> that, that was golden. Before Netflix, like tricked us into thinking everything was going to be a dollar forever and uh uh-huh. and then they uh, pulled the rug out of from under us yeah uh, uh mark you, Joe, what were you saying? i said mark is uh, also saw another 20th anniversary concert uh give us your review yes i saw um you forgotten in people uh, one of my favorite albums by uh, Broken Social Scene. A little different format than uh, than Postal Service Desk Cab. Uh, they played about the first five songs, all bangers. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, and then uh, you know Kevin Drew started uh, a little wax and philosophic up there, and uh, then they cut in a bunch of their uh, a bunch of their um, more well known tracks, all Spirit If and some of their newer stuff, and uh, it was just a good time. Like. Uh, the crowd wasn't as old as I expected. I saw uh, new pornographers earlier this year, and uh, the crowd depressingly old, depressingly looking, old looking. Uh, yeah. And uh, not I. I kinda, not exactly new pornographers anymore. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Um, uh, also, uh, <laughs> in my mind, I thought new pornographers were more popular than Broken Social Scene. Not the case. Um, Broken Social Scene almost sold out. Same venue, uh, new pornographers. They didn't even open the top level, and it was not crowded at all. It was that is interesting, actually. Yeah, hmm. and the crowd was younger for a uh, broken social scene. Like, uh, there were plenty of people in uh, in our demographic, but uh, a lot of younger people. I uh, I huh. I was not I think... aware that broken social scene were still uh, still big. I feel like new pornographers are a narrower band of like fans than we we would because we're we're in that band but i feel like they are yeah. like a uh very specific indie taste even though those people make a big deal out of them yeah i guess i guess this is again one of those cases where like the like broken social scene it's kind of like it's kind of like the postal service versus death cab a little bit um and i guess the same dynamic where some members are in both um but uh like the broken social scene has the one album that was a real indie landmark. Um, whereas new pornographers have like several albums that were, uh, very well regarded by the indie community. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I guess the one album, if you're trying to do a 20th anniversary tour, that gets you the headlining, uh, numbers there. Yeah. Um, also I think maybe, uh, broken social scene just has a bigger following because, uh, they spun off so many other bands. Were they the first big Canadian collective that got popular? I mean, I feel like they had stars spun off of them. Feist was in Broken Social Scene. Uh, yeah, yeah. They were definitely a Canadian supergroup. I don't, I don't know of any other Canadian supergroups. There just aren't oh, that many Canadians. I forgot stars some. came from Broken Social Scene. Yeah, or was involved. I forget. You know, yeah. who came first, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they they had uh, some of the uh, brass uh, section from Stars was at the show. Oh, cool. Do do how many original, how many members from the band did you know that like were there Um, that were on that album? I think almost all of them. Uh, The female vocalist was a a a newer person they started touring with, and uh, I don't know if the two brass, uh, (laughs) the brass section that you know everyone plays a million instruments that band. Uh, yeah, kind of cycled uh, in and out like all, all the those those guys. Um, but I know the uh, uh, Kevin Drew and uh, I'm blanking on everyone's name. Uh, the yeah. the main guitarist, the drummer was the same. Um, uh, so yeah. I mean, at least four or five that I recognized of the nine Jeez. people on stage. Yeah, were original. D- Okay, so I just went to the Broken Social Scene website, and you know, or, or not website, the, the, their Wikipedia. And you know how Wikipedia on a band webpage has the members box? Mm-hmm. Um, it is at least 30 people long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there, there are no people listed as past members. They are all members. I have to find their little 
the diagrams they do for who played what over time in these bands. Um, anyway, right. uh, I don't think they have one for Broken Social Scene. How, what the fuck? There's a there's the a list in the in the like it's the second paragraph of the of the Wikipedia article. They have like all the related artists. Ah yes, yeah yeah. Brendan Caning. Oh yeah, there's is the other main Casey Accidental. Different. Yeah, I remember them. Uh, okay, so the tragically hip, tragically not represented here. <laughs> um, uh, who else? Katie Lang. She should be in this band. Um, I think she's Canadian. Um, sorry, I'm cracking myself. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so good show though, Mark. Sounds great. Yeah. No, it was it was awesome, and. Uh, I didn't walk away feeling super old, which was nice. Nice. Not that I, not that I walked away feeling old from uh, uh, Death Cab and and Postal Service. No, the, yeah, again, I have to say I was. Go, go, Joe. No, just pleasantly, pleasantly, um, you know, young, middle aged. Yes. Yeah, like I said, twenty years is good. And no, like when I was on my smoke break, uh, I was just talking to people on a very crowded, crowded patio. Um, good to see some smokers out there still holding it down um and uh the the person i was talking to turned out to be like a 26 year old uh recent college graduate from uh who drove up from richmond uh where she works as a bartender just because she's such a big fan of this music and uh uh, she came by herself which you know don't see that a lot so um uh ongoing appeal for these acts uh all of them and it's nice to see Nice. All right. Uh, speaking um, of speaking of concerts where there were a lot of old people, as I went to see the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, yeah. Recently, at the end of August, um, they I decided I thought I'd missed the show. Then I was like, maybe I didn't. I checked. Like, yeah, yeah, it's today. So uh, I bought tickets about four hours beforehand, uh, even though they're my favorite band uh, and. Uh, that's just the way we roll these days, me and the pumpkins. Uh, but they were at a, <laughs> it was like kind of the first uh, autumnal day here. Uh, got lucky with that. Uh, so I got lawn tickets for one of those, you know, outdoor mega amphitheaters. Uh, and uh, yeah, the vibe was really good. There were a lot of, you know, we are the younger Smashing Pumpkins fans, actually. Uh, so there were a lot of like, you know, 55 year olds there not nothing wrong with 55 year old it's just that's you know that's that's the the they are slowing down a bit in their ability to rock out at the shows uh yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of lawn chairs with uh you know just kind of chilling but that was a it was actually a good scene uh you know the band was in a good mood and like obviously kind of happy to you know put on the pumpkin show and uh I, i think um which worked because for the deeper cuts that they played, like, uh, you know, they opened with everlasting gaze and they played perfect and, uh, Hummer, uh, especially Hummer and jelly belly. They really, they mm. still dug deep and, and went for it. So, um, you know, as long nice. as they can still do that, uh, the, the show will be, uh, a success. It, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you're still there. It's still an enjoyable show. Yeah, I've skipped a couple Pumpkins shows recently, and maybe I should reconsider that. Um, it's like I saw them once on the on the show where they like did like you know just classic stuff, and it was it was awesome. I really don't want to see a live performance of anything after Machina <laughs> yeah. ever happened to me. <laughs> it, it's that cool. They just had a. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was saying it's it's cool they just played a show and didn't thirtieth thirtieth anniversary of Siamese Dream it. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, that might be next year, wasn't that? 90, I thought it was ninety three. Was it ninety three or ninety four? Actually, so they, probably, it's ninety three. Basically, what he said, they played like this one acoustic stream show um, from Madame Zuzu, Billy's Tea Shop, um, the same weekend Billy got married. Congratulations, Billy and Chloe. Um, Chloe. Um, they played this acoustic show of Siamese Dream songs for the, the 30th anniversary of the, the release, 
And Billy says they people won't the powers that be won't support a 30th anniversary tour for the album, which, um, what? Oh, like he just wants them to advertise it more. I get, we're trying, it's like, that's insane. Like, obviously they could go around and play Siamese dream, but like he definitely wants backing to like do it in arenas, you know? Mm, Yeah. And if he's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to do it. Yeah. He's not going to do it in clubs. That makes sense. actually. Yeah. I mean, if they were doing it like three nights in a club and like, you know, I I would fly somewhere to see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Or, or I mean, a theater show like that's that yeah. could obviously happen very easily. But if he wants arenas like, yeah, probably yeah. not. Probably not quite. Uh, <laughs> Billy Corgan has not maintained enough relevance to probably fill up arenas on that yeah. at this point. I think that yeah, the theater well, show might be admitting to your to their age and status. Yeah. Yeah. But if they did yeah. that, I mean, if they did it at the venue we just saw, Death Cab, I mean, that would be yeah. sick. That'd be a great show. No, I saw them at a theater here in Tucson. It was great. I love yeah. theater shows. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, that's definitely a show, though, that you're on the people, folks are on the old side. Uh, it's kind of crazy though those amphitheaters like i used to be like yeah they've all got like 20 dollar margaritas but now they have like there's like a uh food courts with just like i you know i I shouldn't be amazed but like there were like you know a half dozen hipster food options yeah there it's just wow that they're really just you just i don't know was it's decidedly unconcert like that's oh I see yeah yeah that's funny, um yeah the, I feel like the food truck revolution has caused the main thing has been to to get people to realize you can micro size uh, quality food concepts and yeah. then uh, yeah so it makes perfect sense in a food court type situation at a venue like that yeah especially since they can mm-hmm. charge you like tw- like you know twenty dollars for a oh yeah a cheeseburger. And you're like, no, this is gourmet. This is like food truck shit. They've, Somebody made this in a fucking truck. It has an engine. They've really mastered the art of selling crap for like 25 bucks to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it's I did get some. I got some. <laughs> uh, some. Uh, you know, the, they had one of those roasted nut stands. And they had um, uh-huh. uh, cinnamon coated roasted cashews. Uh, those were, those oh. hit the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those when you get those like you know like when you pass by the nut cart in uh, New York mm-hmm. City and you get them in the winter, yeah, good as hell. The cashews though, I hadn't had it with the cashews before. Good combo. Uh, cashews are the best nut, if oh, you yeah. ask me. Oh yeah, by uh, far. I will fight. Well, they're not a real nut. I think so. They win. Do they not count? I mean, they they come in a fruit. Is that why? Yeah, they're, they're, they're not a real nut because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Have you ever seen? I've I've actually uh, went to St. Lucia for work and I saw a cashew tree and the cashew fruit. I have not seen um, one in the flesh. What is? Yeah. What was it that like? It, well, it's just like, it's like a small plum-shaped fruit that apparently is just worthless. Um, the fruit itself, you can't even ship it anywhere; it just immediately goes bad. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what a plum-shaped fruit, and you pull you you know get pull that off and extract the nut, and you get like one cashew per fruit. So when I saw that, I was like, how can, how are cashews available at any price? Like this is an absurd production method. Um, but apparently, you know, the power of, uh, destitute third world labor allows us all to eat delicious cashews at an expensive price, but you know, yeah. affordable. That explains why the, the jug is like 20, 20 bucks. Oh yeah. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I can't, I can't believe I ever get to eat these. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, I want some but cashews. Yeah. Yeah, well, you can have cashews, Joe. You might have to drive to a gas station. I don't know if they're in your house. Um, yeah, I feel good. Anybody have any other topics or thoughts they want to bring up? Uh, I have a okay. I have a question to end on that relates to this. Okay, what um, if there was? This ties back to Taylor Swift. Um, which, you know, her tickets for her show were, you know, whatever, $2,000, $3,000. She wanted to go see her on this tour, uh, unless you got lucky. Uh, what show 
that is a that could realistically happen that no one has to be you know reincarnated or uh something mm-hmm. close to that would you pay the most money to see Ooh. do i can i specify like venues or just like the the band no no you could you could be as specific as you want like okay. i mean we just went to a double 20th anniversary show so you know yeah um okay I, shit i would say it would i was about to say mad villain <laughs> yeah, it dead. would need to be a band <laughs> that i haven't seen before i feel i would say the smith yeah. in a theater show yeah it's a good one strong that's answer. very good yeah they're both alive mm-hmm. uh i've seen morrissey yeah, that's real. he's awesome mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know in a show setting yeah, I've seen Johnny Marr with Modest Mouse actually. Oh, really? yeah, me too, actually. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, this is good. Um, uh, let's see. NWA is out. Easy is dead. Um, that'd be fun. <laughs> that would be a fun show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. I guess you know uh, you you get into. I didn't really come to a clear conclusion i thought that i thought if radiohead was like playing um like okay computer and then in rainbows like both albums in their entirety that's an easy answer but like if they were like you can see this for fifteen hundred dollars i'd be like here is the money (laughs) you know um you know thank god in 2015 or 2016 whenever it was Nutrimilk Hotel did that tour. Or yeah, else that would be my answer. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that would yeah I would obviously have said that. Did, did you see Jeff Mangum yeah. when he did the solo tour before that? Yes, I did. he did. He came, he came to the same venue both years, and the first year for just him, <laughs> uh, pitifully not sold out show. It wasn't. Ugh. It is a theater, but still, I was so disappointed in Tucson. Now, I, yeah, the the Nutrimilk Hotel show was was blasting so yeah that was good we all went to see him um, for the solo show because it's like oh what if this is the only chance yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly um uh but anyway um uh you know outcast would actually be a fucking awesome show now the thing is yeah. if outcast ever does a tour again it's going to be fucking stadiums yeah. um but you know i could get into the ga section by the stage that'd be fun but that's not you're gonna pay thousands of dollars for that Oh, you know. I mean, oh, actually, again, no. Like Mark says, I'm trying to th- think maybe, of bands I haven't seen. Maybe it's know? like maybe it's like that's not even your top price or whatever. Like for, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. no. But you have a good point. What is the most that I would pay for a living artist that I haven't seen? Like, I mean, you know, I had an opportunity this summer to pull to pull strings and go to see Big Thief, but just for lack of logistical time thing. But that's like the band I most want to see, probably. Um, yeah, they I probably should have just probably, flown out to Mark. I probably would invest the most money in seeing them now. Yeah. All right. Uh, they played Red Rocks, and I didn't do that, so I guess yeah, that was I'm dumb. Alive. As Mark said, we've we've moved on to a different phase of our lives. <laughs> yep. <laughs> While he remains yep. pure. Yep. In fairness, uh, I, I really I do that. not remember saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, well, good times, guys. I enjoyed going to that show with you and yeah. talking about it. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, a great time. And I have footage of you two playing uh, the Japanese drum game. Oh yeah. oh yeah, that's funny. Yeah, we were bad at that. I, I might be uh, the worst. Yeah, I'm no Daft Punk. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, it's like I have good rhythm, like I can dance, I can tap along to songs, but you put me in a rhythm video game and it just falls apart. Yeah. It's not good. No, yeah. I never practiced them, but still. Yeah. Anyway. I think we also accidentally put on like hard mode, Mark. I'm going to say that. Yeah. It, we we put it on like we are two children. That was the mode yeah. we played it on instead of... Well, that, see, we that's the problem. Movies. Children are good at video games. You'll know this when you have children and they start just whipping your ass at them you know, around the age of like eight. Uh, the children are actually much better at video games than adults are. Oh, no, that's what I was saying. We were playing on on uh, the child yeah. level. 
Okay, you know. Okay, we agreed. Same yes. joke. Okay, got you. <laughs> I appreciate your joke that you made before me. All right, um, all right, boys. Well, we didn't play much music, but we talked about it. That was good. We did. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe you know, Mark used to be in a band. Mark, send a track to Joe, and we can close the episode with it. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I uh, can find those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If if you can find a Barubius track, I want to close the episode with okay, it. Okay, I'll look for one. All right. All right. All Sounds right. Good. Peace. Peace. Peace, guys. <laughs>